If it's good for you, it's good for me. So anyhow, um, but that's good. So we're looking at a parable of Jesus today, and I've titled this message, Keep the Wheat and the Tares, and we're going to talk about um, how for some reason, maybe very strange to us, God seems to let um, both wheat and tares fill our lives. And um, that really can be a struggle. It was a struggle for the, those that were following Jesus uh, in that day. They really did struggle greatly with that. And uh, he, um, he, he, he has a different wisdom, doesn't he? He has wisdom that's not of this world, but wisdom that's from above. And so uh, if we can see, maybe uh, the understand, understand God's wisdom in this, I think it'll help us. So we're going to read uh, a portion of Matthew 13 And uh, let's pray first for a blessing on the reading of the word. Lord, we ask you to give us ears this morning to hear what you're saying to the church. And we ask you to be our teacher. And Lord, we give you permission. And as I pray this now, guys, just this is your, your part, just to disengage from me and to give the Lord permission. And we, we say to you that you... You have permission to speak to us by your Holy Spirit and teach us, God, and lead us in a way that is to a good place, that's your place. And we just say, come, come and be our teacher. Just as in the days of Jesus when he said this and then explained this this on the earth, we ask that we would have ears to hear. So give us ears to hear, Lord. We want to follow you. We want to walk into things we maybe don't understand and not be comfortable because we know that you're on the other side of it. So we embrace you as you are. And I pray that you'd speak. And Lord, I pray that in this room, just now and and online, um, I pray that you'd strengthen the weary. I pray that weary people, weary hearts, weary souls would find strength right now that we don't have. We we say to you, we need it. And we, we want you to speak strength and courage into us. So you are the strong and courageous one, and we, we ask you to speak. Um, bring your kingdom this morning. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Matthew 13. If you're new to the Bible, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. And if you don't have a Bible, we have a whole bunch out there. You can have one. You can download one too for free, but I always like a paper Bible, but digital Bibles are good. All right, the parable of the wheat and the tares, Matthew 13, verse 24. Jesus presented another parable to those listening, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares also among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprang up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came to him. They said, Sir... Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. And the servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? He said, No. Otherwise, while you're gathering up the tares, you may accidentally root up the wheat with it. Let them both grow together until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. Let's skip over to verse 36 where Jesus explains it. After leaving the multitudes, he went into the house. His disciples said to him, Lord, would you explain to us the parable of the tares in the field? He answered and said, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom. And the tares are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sowed 
them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are angels. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels. They'll gather out of, uh, out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks, those who commit lawlessness. They'll cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let the one that has ears to hear, hear. Amen? So this parable, Jesus very specifically applies it to the end of the age. Uh, we will take that application. I also want to look at it uh, in the context of the other parables because he shares many parables, uh, the sower, the mustard seed, the tares, many, many of these different parables. And they all have to do with discipleship, and they blend together with uh, some, some, some uh, to speak to our lives in that way. So I want to kind of look at both of those as, as we look uh, on this. First, though, I want to start and just talk about what is a tear and what is a wheat, because you may not know. Who knows what wheat is? Wheat is a cereal plant, the most important kind grown in temperate countries, the grain of which is made, used to make uh, flour that makes bread, pastry, pasta. Who had donuts recently? I had three at once. <laughs> but I only ate the top because it had the icing and I left the rest. My wife found them in the garbage. She's like, you ate three half donuts. <laughs> so I really ate a donut and a half. Um, pasta is made from wheat. Bread? Who likes bread? I, uh, when I was in uh, one of my trips to Kiev, they, uh, to illustrate the sermon, they handed out fish for people to eat. So I thought I was going to do that this morning. So these are Hawaiian sweet rolls. Uh, the first ingredient is wheat. Okay, and they were done with clean hands. Does anyone want to have one while I'm, while I'm preaching? Got some takers over here. You touch it, you take it. You touch it, you take it. Don't worry, I'm coming over there. There you go. There's plenty to go around. We're coming over there, Corbin. These are good. If you've not had the King's Hawaiian three here, they're sharing. Aw, okay. Oh, 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 there, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Let, let, suffer the children to come unto me. These sure are good. There's only like 12 left. You're very welcome. Wheat. Think about your favorite thing made with wheat. They're really good. They're clean, too. They're fresh, too. Here we go. Eating, eating bread Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. You can take two. Take two. It's double portion. This one wants one bad. Okay. All right. All right. Did I miss anyone? Oh, got two over here. All right. There's one left. There's two left. One for each of you. Oh, nope, there's one left. All right. Okay. Wheat. Enjoy your wheat. Yummy. Ukraine, uh, before 2022, was called the breadbasket of the world, and I got to see why. Um, Ukraine was, I think, maybe the biggest or was the biggest uh, uh, developer, manufacturer, producer of wheat in the world, and they called it the breadbasket of Europe, certainly, if not the world, and uh, I have been there several times. Our church supports uh, vineyards in uh, Ukraine, Kiev and Kremenchuk, so in one of my first trip there, I was, uh, 
amazed, not only just flying over, but then just we would have these long drives, like three-hour drives to get places. Um, they're often on dirt roads. And the fields, guys, I mean, you've seen the fields in America, and they are beautiful. But there's just a different color green. I, it's really the only way I can explain it. And it's just gorgeous. And it's just wheat and vegetables, and just it's just insane. So wheat is a good thing. Um, now let's talk about tares. Now I have some tares. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> a tear, also known as a darnel seed, looks almost exactly like wheat in the beginning stage of its growth. Afterward, once it starts growing a little bit bigger, then you can begin to realize it's a weed. And we have some pictures to show you. Uh, this is wheat on the left. And this is the Darnell seed tear. So if you imagine you're in a field looking at millions of these, wouldn't it be hard to see the difference? They very, very much look the same. Okay, and I think we have one more slide. So this is wheat before it's fully ripe, and then this is the tear and the uh, name for it. So they look very... So that kind of gives us some context of understanding why Jesus said, no, you might hurt, you might hurt the good while you're trying to get rid of the bad, so you're just going to have to let them both grow, right? Because we see that they're very, very, very similar looking. Um, now, I want to just do a little psychological experiment right now, and then we're going to get into our passage for today. But um, in Acts 12, there's a story of Peter's arrest and miraculous angelic intervention uh, who remembers anything about that story? Peter's arrested and an angel busts him out. Does anyone, just, I mean, what do you remember about that story? Hand over here, maybe. What do you remember about that story? Yeah, yeah, great. Good to see you, by the way. Who else? I saw several over here. Yes, 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 because what happens if you let the prisoner out? <laughs> Dylan. I think you're blending 16 and 12 together, Paul, but, but some of the same elements definitely happened, yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, I don't remember that part, but I believe you. That's right, they opened the door, that's right, that's right. Okay, excellent. Now, I'm going to make you all sad because my psychological experiment worked. Acts 12, this is the account. It came about in that time Herod the king laid hands on some that belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. He had James the brother of John put to death with a sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he arrested Peter also, seized him, put him in prison, put four squads of soldiers over him. Peter was in prison. Prayer for him was being made by the church. 
the very night they were about to bring him forward and do their thing, he was sleeping between two soldiers, bound in chains. The guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. An angel of the Lord came. He struck Peter's side and said, get up, follow me. And Peter's like, so here's the thing that happens at the beginning of the story. Herod got Peter and James. Peter got the miracle. James died. Wheat and tares. Now, the reason I did that experiment is because what do we remember and want? We want the wheat. Give me the wheat, Lord. Give me the wheat. Let's get rid of the tares. Something beautiful and necessary happened in James's death. And the question is, can we be people of the truth in the Scripture that when the Lord says, here's wheat and tares, we say, you know what? He says, leave it alone. There's a reason for both. So, I tricked you all. Let's apply this going back to Matthew 13 and some application for our life. First of all, accept the struggle of life on earth. Back to Matthew 13, our passage for today, verse 24. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is comparable to a man that sows good seed in the field, but while he's sleeping, the enemy comes and he sows tares among the wheat, and it springs up, and you get both. And that's just how it is, guys. And God's not sorry for you that there's tares in your life. We have the privilege of being the people on the good side that are fighting for what's right in the midst of the tears. Some of the best advice I was ever given about 12 years ago, I was venting to somebody, a man that was counseling me, and he said, Jeff, you've just got to accept that it's never completely fixed and it's never completely broken. And if you can accept that in your life, in your marriage, in your children, in your health, in your ministry, in your friendships, if you can accept that, you will do well. My father and mother both were Vietnam vets. My dad particularly saw horrible things. I, as a kid, used to go through the attic and I would look at, he had slides because he was a teacher. He was a nurse anesthetist and he was teaching and it was combat surgery. And I, there was all these just hundreds and hundreds of pictures on micro, micro fish slides, orange slides, and I'd hold them up. I remember I'd be in the attic and I'd hold them up to the window and they're just tiny. I mean, like a postage stamp, but you could just see this detailed picture of somebody's, you know, thigh opened up and them doing surgery. And um, my dad was, a, a, because of that, he was a, a hard man. Uh, every weekend, every Friday and Saturday, it seemed, it probably wasn't every, but all I did growing up was yard work. And uh, the worst was pulling weeds. He'd make me pull weeds and just be out there Saturdays and Sundays pulling weeds. And uh, all the other kids were playing with their G.I. Joe or whatever, and I'm out there pulling weeds. And I hated it. Now I'm grateful. When I was 15, my dad made me get a job, and he made me buy my own car. He made me pay my way through college. I worked in college. I worked three jobs in college, three at the same time and had a full load. And at the time, I didn't like it. But one of the greatest gifts my dad gave me was the gift of hardship. Because hardship will teach you. Living with tares growing in your field will teach you. 
And, you know, I've heard this especially since pandemic. We just feel alone and like we're suffering. And I've just said this over and over. Guys, everyone in the room is just like you. I don't care how happy they look. Part of them is dying and lonely inside. And they're fighting through it. And if we could just get over ourselves and humble ourselves and say, I'm part of the mess too and I'm not the only one that's defective, that goes a long way, doesn't it? I mean, that's community. Let's just be honest. Let's realize we're all in this together. A lot of my counseling ends with me saying this statement to people. Thanks for sharing. It's just going to be really hard. It's just going to be hard. And that's what life's like. Why? You have an enemy. Next point, verse 27 and 28, Jesus equates this later in the passage that we read as interpretation to the devil. The slaves of the lander came, they said to him, Sir, you didn't sow good seed. Uh, did you not sow good seed? Like, it's supposed to be good. Like, why do we have all these tares? Like, who's asked that question about your life? Like, why, why is this happening? Well, the, the reason is we have an enemy. Did you know, guys, that it was God that pointed out Job to Satan? Satan was behind Job's trials. Satan was behind Judas's trial, or, or uh, turning on Jesus. It says a scary, scary passage. It actually says this twice about Judas. But after the Last Supper, when he's about to leave and he's going to go get the mob to come arrest Jesus, it says this paralyzing phrase. It says, then Satan filled Judas to betray Jesus. Satan was behind Judas. Who was behind Paul's thorn in 2 Corinthians? Very clear. He says, he sent a messenger of Satan to buffet me. We have an enemy. The enemy is a lion and a thief, and he's a sifter of wheat. He is a lion. You ever go to the, 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 uh, the zoo? You know, there's like a 10-foot chasm between you and the lions. Do you know why? Because the lion will eat your face. Okay, it will eat you. That's why there's a chasm between you and the lion. So when the scripture says that the, the devil is like a prowling lion, he's right out the door. And he is. He's right out the door. And he's waiting to get you. He wants to destroy you. You have an enemy. He's a thief. He steals. He takes stuff. Peter is going along and Jesus says, oh, Peter, Satan wants to, he actually asked permission to sift you like wheat. And you're no different, guys, today. If you are following Jesus, Satan wants to sift you. He wants to take every good thing. That's what he wants to do by sifting you. He wants to take every good thing out of your life and leave you with his stuff. So be on the alert. Be on the alert. And the sad thing is, what happened to these guys? Did they do anything wrong? What, when did the bad guy come? When they were sleeping. You just can't stay awake all the time, right? Like, we just have to sleep. It's just, we're just going to get battle. But we can be aware and say, okay, that's what this is. Next, looking at verse 29, there is a purpose for the two coexisting. Now, right now, some of us are probably looking at our lives, and it's very easy. And this is what I feel like the heart of this message is for us. There's some of us that are just very discouraged. We're just really discouraged, and you're, just, you're looking at your life, and you're just like, look at all these terrors. It's like, man, look at, look at all the terrors in my life. Is that where you're at today? 
And then what happens is we focus on the tares. Forget about the wheat. It's like, look at all these tares. And then it's just like, you wake up and you're like, look at these tares. And then you go to breakfast and you're like, I look at these tares. And then you go to your job and you're like, look at all these tares. And then, and we just focus on the tares. And this scripture teaches us that there is a reason for them to coexist. And it's hard. Verse 30 is a hard verse, guys. I underline this in my Bible. In verse 30, allow both to grow together until the harvest. The Lord is willing in your life right now, He's willing to do that. You're not. I'm not. Get those turkeys. I want every difficulty gone, right? Are you like that? Can I use this? All right. Check, 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 check. We want every difficulty gone. But God seems to not allow that to happen. He seems to say, allow them both to grow together. You just don't know. I mean, here's a great example. One of the heroes of the book of Genesis was Joseph. Joseph went through horrible things. The Lord gave him dreams and said, you will be over even the sun and the moon, and those stars will bow to you, which was his mom and dad and his brothers. And what if he, what if he checked out and said, don't want it? But he did. He obeyed, he got thrown in a pit, then he got thrown in a prison, he was abused, he was lied about, then he found favor, and then it, it happened again. He just went through this awful experience, and then famine came. And then because he stayed true to God and stayed true to, 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 to obeying God, he found his way out of that. And eventually, in Genesis 50, his brothers come to him, and they do bow down, and the whole thing gets fulfilled, and they say, we, we did this, and he says, don't worry, am I not in God's place? Am I not in God's place? There was a purpose. What if he had just subverted that and given up? He would not have fed an entire nation and continued the bloodline of the people. What if Paul said, I don't want this thorn. I'm out. The thorn's from Satan, and if it's from Satan, it's not good. And God, if you're not going to take this thing from Satan out of my life, I'm out. I'm done. What if he had done that? There was a purpose in it. And don't be quick to curse the terror in your life, guys. We need hardship in our lives to make us better people. And the, the, the point of this passage, there's a lot of points of it, but Jesus clearly says that the tares stay for the health of the wheat. And that's this message in one sentence. The tares stay for the health of the wheat. They can't both be gone. Good things will happen by it staying in your life. And, you know, what, what I want to ask us now to do is just, like, everyone look at your hands. And look in your hands. And in your hands now is all the unpleasantness in your life. All the unpleasantness. in your hands. Just look at your hands. Just think about your confusion, your failure, your bankruptcy, your failed relationships, your struggle, your depression, your despair, your aimlessness, 
the messes you're going to have to clean up. Just look in your hands. Look at all the look at all the tears. And and what I want to ask us to do now is is just say what if what if you took that thing in your hand right now, those things, and you just you did this. You said, "Here, God. Here. Here. I'm not running from it." I'm not going to curse it. I'm not even going to try to leave it behind because apparently it's not going anywhere. But what if I could just say, with this too, I worship you. You're still the king. This doesn't happen once, guys. This is like, I've been doing this for 32 years. This prayer that I'm walking you through right now. I will worship you. Don't take it away. I don't want to dump it. I don't want to run with it. I'm willing, verse 30, to live with it. Allow it to grow. It's doing something good. And apparently God is okay with that happening in our lives. I wrote a, a song a couple months ago, and I was, I was running it by my wife, and um, I pulled a verse from Job and I said, do you think, I don't think anyone will sing this. And she's like, they'll sing that. And I was like, I don't think they'll sing that. Because it says, um, it's Job, it's not Jeff. It's, though you slay me. Can you finish the verse? Though you slay me, I will trust in you. Let's sing that Sunday morning. Though you slay me, I will. Like, Lord, no one's singing. They're not singing anymore. We just invited God to kill us. And we'll still trust him. See that cross over there on that green carpet uh, curtain? Did we not say, Jesus, we embrace you? You are the Lord. You've, ri- you've died and risen. And we will, we will gladly bear your cross. We will follow in your path. And if we lose everything in this life as a result, but we still get you, we are joyful people. We abandon the world. We walk the narrow path. So let them both grow. God's going to sort it all out in the end. Verse 36, he says, don't worry. The Lord's going to take care of everything. He's going to take care of everything. And then that kind of like tests our faith. Like, am I really in this kingdom of heaven thing or am I just pretending? Because a person that's pretending, when everything falls apart, we just run back to the world. But a person that says, you know, this is hard, and I'm, I don't see. I, 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 don't, I don't feel anything. I'm just going by faith. And I think the Lord says, well done. You're walking by faith, not by sight. You're, you're living your life. You're spending your money. You're raising your children. You're trying to treat your spouse. You're, you're treating your neighbor. You're, you're working at your job. Like, you're driving. Hello? You're, dri- you're doing all these things with another kingdom in mind at all times. And you're living your life and from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and you're saying, I'm for that. I'm for that. I'm not for this. I'm for that. And I'm going to spend myself for that because I believe in the end he's going to redeem me and all things will be made new. And Jesus says this here to us again. I love the old uh, hymn. I learned this uh, from a song from a Lee Nash album and she sings... uh, Be still, my soul, 
the sun of light divine through passing clouds will but more brightly shine. It's a beautiful lyric. Be still, my soul. The sun of light divine, Jesus, through passing momentary light afflictions, through passing clouds will still more brightly shine. This morning, are you dealing with your tears? I think the Lord wants to strengthen us this morning and has courage for some of us who are struggling. So let's stand. <clears throat>